following is a very important message. A bush in the hand is worth about a buck fifty. Well, spank me rotten and call me Brother Cletus. Our lovable losers are back on the road. Yes, it seems they needed an escape plan from Europe, so naturally they mailed themselves back to the States. Ha <laughs> ha! Once they had heard that their bodies had been sold to a fur trader up in Ohio, they boxed themselves up and slapped the label on it, and off they went. Let's go find out what kind of postal propositions they have in front of them today. Ha <laughs> ha A stranger has come. out of my nose. Oh, stop crying and use those little girl hands to get this box open. You are the one who was supposed to bring the box cutter. Now we're stuck. <laughs> Aries, I hear someone. Hello, you there. <laughs> you, sir, help us get out of this box, please. Ah, thank you. <laughs> Sir, do you mind telling us where we are? I want to make sure that we've been properly delivered. <laughs> In Paris. In Paris? Iris, we never even left France. Bonjour, gros idiot stupide. In Paris, Texas. <laughs> Texas? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. What the hell? Iris, this shipping label is all scrabbly scrappled You wrote Paris in the... To column, not the from column. What's the difference? We were supposed to go to Ohio. That Ohio is for suckers. Well, I mean, I guess we're in the States, so it's better than being tracked down over there. Oh, we can take a break here and have some fun in Texas. And I'm sure you know some twat here that knows a scary story. Eries. <laughs> I know somebody everywhere. Let's go find ourselves a Parisian story. <laughs> Texas, as many people already know, is quite a large place with plenty of long roads. Make it easy to be stranded if one should ever break down. While most of Texas is known for its friendliness and hospitality, 
As with everywhere else on Earth, there are some places that you just do not want to be alone at night. Some places that you just do not want to see a sunset in Texas. What? Where, where am I? Oh, oh, the back of my head is throbbing, but I, I can't reach it. I, I'm tied. I'm tied to this chair. I would advise against struggling. Just give me a few moments to finish up my work. I typically find it rude to keep my guests waiting, but this is a matter that simply cannot wait. Oh, my, my vision is coming back. I, I can see a, a, a vintage television set, a shelf on the opposite wall, a couch with one cushion completely untouched, but the other looks worn by years of use. And there's a hallway leading to a flight of stairs on the front door. All done. I apologize for making you wait. It took much longer than I expected. Dinner's on the stove. It should be ready in a few minutes. I take you'll be joining me. I guess I don't really have a choice now, do I? <laughs> oh, you! Oh, oh, let me let me tell you something, Cooper. You certainly aren't like any of the others that have been here before. <laughs> you got a sense of humor. <laughs> you may look boring in your driver's license photo, but seem to be anything but. All right, everything's set. Oh, oh, this knife? Oh, <laughs> don't worry. I'm, I'm not going to use this to hurt you. Unless, that is, you don't follow my instructions. Now, I'm going to cut you free so you can come sit at the table for dinner, but... You only need to walk from this chair to the place I set for you, understand? I don't want to have any trouble, but trust me when I say that things get real ugly real quick if you cross me. Got it? Got it. Please, walk slowly and remember no funny business. Oh, this is the first time I didn't have to use this on any one of my guests. They typically make a run for either the front or back door. If you happen to look at the floor in the living room, you should have been able to tell that they never made it far. At least that explains all the stains on the floor. The more I get to know you, the more I like you, Coop. Is it alright if I call you Coop? I don't want to seem informal. It's fine. What do you want me to call you? Oh, how rude of me. I forgot to introduce myself. You, you can call me Gunner. Here's your plate. That was my father's idea to name me that. I, I never questioned my old man. Coop, I'm going to make you a deal. I didn't shackle you to that chair because you didn't attempt to run from the living room. If you continue to behave yourself, I'll consider letting you off easier than I intended. May I, I ask what you mean by letting me off easier? Well, that'll come in time. Now let's get to know each other. So tell me, Coop, what's your story? Well, I, I actually live one state over in Louisiana. I was in Houston for a business meeting and driving home when... When I found you. Yes, starting to come back to you, Coop, huh? I was standing on the side of the interstate, and my car had a flat tire, and I, I flagged down the first car coming in my direction. It pulled under the shoulder, and you stepped out with the tire iron. I remember showing you the gash in the wall of this tire, and then the blow hit me in the back of the head. From there, my vision began to blur before I succumbed 
darkness. Darkness, everybody! Darkness is pretty! I guess you remember now. Sorry about hitting you in the back of the head a little too hard. You seem to be so big. I didn't want to take any chances of not taking you out on the first try. Why? I'll need you to speak up, Coop. Working with power tools all these years left my hearing a fraction of what it used to be. Why? Why did you do this to me? And there it is. Every time I've had a guest over, the conversation always reaches a point where they question my reasoning. I must say, though, Coop, you... You're the calmest one I've ever had. May I ask why that is? Certainly this must frighten you to some extent. Yeah, I mean, it does, but... I feel that remaining cool and collected is my best chance of leaving. Well, I thought by now you'd understood that I can't let you leave. I'll admit that you're the first person to be calm and respectful about it, but I, I still can't let you leave. I'm going to give you a fair warning that what I say next is typically what drives my guest over the edge, if that hadn't happened already. You're different from the others, so I'm expecting that you'll take this with a slight bit of discomfort, but no extreme over-exaggeration. I kidnap people with the intent to eat them. Now, I know how that sounds. It sounds bad. And I must sound borderline psychotic for trying to downplay it. But I've got my reasoning. It's kind of a long story, so please bear with me. See, I... I dropped out of high school without getting my diploma. Now, this left my career choices to be a little less desirable. The only option I was left with was working in my father's repair shop. We take in vehicles with large engines like tractors or oversized trucks used for hauling. They forced me to do the menial tasks like scraping rust and cleaning off oil and grease. It was far from being the ideal life, but put food on the table, be it barely. You see, Coop, this town suffered a major crisis some 15 years ago. We had a major drought, causing most of the crops to wither away and perish. The little water we had was spent keeping livestock barely clinging to life. The ones that lived long enough to be taken to slaughter were too malnourished to yield any meat worth eating. After all the meat was deemed uneatable, the town met in the city hall to discuss how to move forward. We argued for hours, but every solution was shot down almost immediately. Just when we thought there was no middle ground in sight, my father came up with an idea. We should eat a few residents. He explained that we should only eat what was necessary for the town's survival. The weakest would sacrifice themselves for the betterment of the townspeople. At first, no one said a word, but as I looked around the room, a few people stared at my father with blank expressions. Some of them glared at him with bewilderment and disgust while others didn't really know how to react to such a horrid recommendation. Eventually, a few people spoke up in agreement of the idea, caused those that opposed to start shouting match. My father slammed his fist on the table and received everyone's full attention. He suggested putting it up to a vote. When he asked for those in support to raise their hands, roughly a quarter of the town did so. When he asked for those who opposed the vote, another quarter of the town raised their hands, leaving almost half the town undecided. And suddenly gunshots rang out through the room and everyone who had voted in opposition slumped forward in their seats. Some people screamed, some people cried, some sat in complete calm. My father had arranged the whole ordeal before the meeting. His closest friends had all agreed that cannibalism was the only option that they had left. He felt it necessary to take out anyone who would try and block their path. As the bodies were pulled from the room, 
My father informed everyone who had not voted that he was going to be in control of handing out everyone's rations. You would either take the meat for your family, or be gunned down on the spot. Anyone caught trying to contact state authorities or leave would also be met with a grim demise. Yeah, the bodies of those at the meeting were dried and preserved for future consumption. And when that supply finally ran out, my father and a few of his buddies resorted to abducting stranded motorists. He knew better than to pick them up all near the town. So he would drive out in his work truck and pick up fresh meat all over the eastern part of the state. This new practice of picking up innocent victims went on for a couple of months. But eventually, the drought ended, and the town slowly began to mend its wounds. However, some of the residents still had a craving for human flesh. My father didn't see the need to continue this operation if it was no longer necessary for the survival. He made a deal with those who still wanted the meat, and he would supply them with it on special occasions like Christmas, Fourth of July, or someone's birthday. If it's of any consolation to you, you're a gift for a girl who's celebrating her 16th birthday tomorrow. She's been looking forward to it for months now, and I'm sure you won't disappoint her. Here. Now, I really do like you, Coop. You've been so respectful to me, so I'll treat you to one last beer before I take you outside. Now, I know it's not the ideal circumstances to have a final drink in, but I feel obliged to offer. Now, I know you probably want to say goodbye to your friends and family, but... Uh, we both know why you can't do that. So go ahead and enjoy your drink before we get started. I hate my father. What was that? I said I, I hate my father. Oh? Why's that? He's a bitter and abusive old man. Baby! Who took every chance he got to demean me, whether I actually deserved it or not. Every time something would go wrong at work, he'd come home and he'd take it out on me. Because my mother had died giving birth to me, my father and I started out from the very beginning on the wrong foot. If I got below a B on my report card, he'd yell at me and make sure I felt guilty for my mom dying. Every little slip-up I made was met with a punishment exponentially worse than the action that brought it. His favorite thing to do was tell me how if she had lived through it all, she'd be disappointed in what a disgusting disgrace of a son I'd become. This continued all the way through high school. When it was time for me to choose a career path I wanted to take, he forced me to study engineering just like him. I wanted to go into something like medicine or physical therapy. I wanted to feel that I was directly bettering someone's life, but he wanted to hear nothing of it. He was paying for my tuition and held that over my head and used it as leverage. As miserable as it was, I got my degree and found a job. We both work at the same firm, but I feel to this day he wanted me to become an engineer just so he can continue to abuse me at work. I make good pay, but I'm not exactly happy. Interesting. So, to answer your question in a, in a lengthy way, no. No, I don't want to say goodbye to anybody, especially my father. He's a monster, and I wish him the cruelest fate imaginable. I mean, I, I'm no saint, but... Compared to him, I'm close enough. I just... I just wish that horrible man gets what he deserves in the end. Hmm. What if we make sure he does? What are you saying? I'm gonna make you a deal, Coop. I like you. I really do. If you can get your dad to come here, I'll let him take your place. Of course, you still can't go home, but you can live here with me. I know it may not be the most ideal situation for you. 
Hopefully you'll find it better than being served at the party tomorrow. I'll give you a few minutes to think it over. So go ahead. I'll do it. Are you sure? Yes. Well then, I'll give you the phone. Go ahead and give him a call and ask him to come pick you up. I hope you're happy with yourself. I had to reschedule my whole day, as well as tomorrow, to come out and get your ass back home. Oh, and you'll, you'll be reimbursing me for the gas I wasted hauling that trailer out here to take your car home. Yeah. And I expect you to pay this man for towing your car here, feeding you and letting you spend the night. I apologize for all this, Mr. Uh, Hanson. Pleasure to meet you. My name's Keith. I apologize, it wasn't under better circumstances. It was really no trouble. Your son really is a fine man. Believe me that if you lived with him, you'd think a lot differently. Alright, Cooper. Let's get your car loaded up and get the hell out of here. I'm already starting to break a sweat. So you'll have to buy me a new shirt after all this, too. What are you, deaf too? I said let's go. I don't have time for this shit. Wait, what are, you, what are you doing with that knife? Cooper, wait! Cooper, no! Nice job, son. Quick. Quick but painful. <laughs> Let's go ahead and bring him to the barn so he can drain before we serve him up tomorrow. Need any help? I'll handle it myself. Oh, once again, you binge-watching bird slappers! Tweet, tweet, motherfucker. It is time for the creepy pasta crawler! <laughs> the waitress placed a plate of steaming enchiladas smothered in cheese and onions with a side of guacamole salad in front of Brian. A sweet tea was just out of reach of his left hand. He muttered a quiet thank you and turned his head, gazing out the diner window to a point off in the distance. I love you, he whispered. I love you more, was her reply. I love you the most. Well, I love you longer. I love you until I die. I love you even longer than that. It was an old bedroom game. The scene played out in his head as a figure began to emerge in the sunset. Better get these to go, he thought, before deciding, no, fuck it, I've got time. Brian was halfway through the plate. The waitress had refilled his glass of tea three times when a patron deposited an absent-minded quarter into the jukebox. It was Robert Earl Keane, one of her favorites. The road goes on forever and the party never ends. Brian shook his head. Mr. Keane had no idea how right he was. He glanced out of the window, studying the approaching figure. It was closer now. Brian could almost make out its features. He took the time to slowly enjoy what was left of his meal before sliding a 20 under the edge of the cleaned plate. 
By the time he unlocked the door to his old pickup truck, he could clearly make out the details of the figure he had been watching. The fetid corpse trudged closer and closer to the diner. Rotted flesh dangled from crackling bones, and the white gown it once wore was now a filthy rag. I'll love you until I die. I'll love you even longer than that. Brian slid into his truck and closed the door. He wondered how far away he'd have to go this time, and how long it would take her to find him. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, musical guest, Cowboy Diplomacy. Curls 
This nice trucker fella has agreed to take us up to Ohio. Oh Lord, I don't want to get stuck in Lodi again. <laughs> oh, you're hilarious. Come on, fellas. Time to shed and get off the pot. Those boys are thirsty up in Akron and there's bear down here in Austin. <laughs> okay, snowman. Thoughts the last Smokey and the Bandit reference for the rest of the trip. Or I'm cutting your brakes when we get there. Deal? Okay, load it up! Well, that's it for the show! We're headed up to Ohio! <laughs> Gotta get our old bodies back! I'm sick of waving around this old Wrangletane arm! <laughs> A Sunset in Texas by Starless and Bible Black. No Alibi! <laughs> Song by our musical guest, Cowboy Diplomacy, straight out of Austin! <laughs> Oh, let me know what you think of the show. Rate and review it if you're listening to it on iTunes. Give me five stars. Give me a high five. <laughs> Do it. Please. Contact me. Give me your creepypasta story and I might read it on the show. That's happyhorrorcoffeebreakat at gmail.com. You can also look me up on Facebook, on Twitters, on Instagrams. <laughs> At Real Happy Horror. <laughs> hey! Buy a shirt. Or socks. Whatever the hell you want. Go to teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash happy horror merch. Check it out. They're not too expensive, and every dime you spend will go to the Tuber Sclerosis Alliance. Check them out at tsalliance.org. Hey, <laughs> get you some coffee to drink while you're listening to the Happy Horror Coffee Break Old Time Horror Radio Show. Get it from Death Wish Coffee, because if you do, you can order it online, and you can use the code HAPPYHORROR at checkout, and you'll get 10% off of that order. What else do you want from me? Probably some funny and enjoyable content. Eerie's, <laughs> you're spending the trip in sleep mode. Ah, uh, that was a function on my old body. This new one doesn't even have wheels, bozo. Well, you're at least spending it in the trailer. Jerk. Oh, that's all we have for you this week, but check us out when we return. <laughs> in the next episode. Until then, enjoy your rootin' tootin' coffee break. I can't handle this shit anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's craziness. Channel four and a half.